What is up, Live to Die family? How are we all doing today? I am just happy to be here recording this intro for you for this great episode. And I'm hoping that you guys are excited to listen as well. Oh, this is Jared, by the way. But I just wanted to say Trent and James and Jane and Jason and myself were all very excited for you to hear this episode. We've all been working really hard to bring you some good content. and We're hoping that you're enjoying it because you're the reason we did this why we went out of our way and made this podcast and put ourselves out there. And you guys have received us so beautifully. And uh, we couldn't be any more honored to have the support and the interactions that we've had so far. And we welcome it. We welcome it. If you want to reach out and uh, touch base with us, you know, we we're all on Twitter and social media, Instagram. Um, of course, you could always hit us up at uh, live to die pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send us a line. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We are open. We uh, we want to know what you guys like. And uh, we're trying to get better at this game as we play. We uh, bit off a lot with level 16 adventure, but we are learning as we go. And of course, uh, that means we're not going to be perfect, but we're doing our best. And hopefully you guys are learning the system along with us. Uh, second ed- edition Pathfinder hasn't been the easiest thing. Um, but for those of us who played first edition, it's actually quite a bit easier than that. So. But we will not stop saying thank you to all of you who are listening and interacting with us and has made this experience well worth it already. Um, so with that being said, enjoy today's episode of the Live to Die podcast. Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. So I have a question about submarines. All right. Because you served on one, right? Yes. What, what do they do with the poop and the pee? It just gets jettisoned overboard. You're that, kidding. That's amazing. There's like a series of tanks called the sanitary tanks. And... Some of them hold like gray water from like the dishes or the shower. <laughs> but then there's the ones that like collect the poop and the pee and the everything else that's disgusting. And once they get full enough, you have to jettison them overboard. But the interesting thing is, is that it also weighs something. So when you jettison it overboard, you have to bring water on to compensate. Sure. So you don't of, get all like. So you don't get all off. Yeah, your trim is all messed up, and you can't drive the boat anymore. I mean, I, wow. I, I don't imagine there's like a lot of windows on a submarine. But, there's zero um, windows on a submarine. Uh, I, I, I kind of wonder what that looks like when that just gets like shot out the side. You know? Have you ever seen a little kid like diarrhea in a pool? Oh God! Sure. I hate this. There you go. I hate this. That's so what I imagine much. it looks like. Yeah. It also smells terrible. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wait. That. Did you? I'm. I would like to. Uh, Move, moving on. Is you said there's no window, not a single window? No. That just destroyed everything I thought about submarines. Yeah. What do you want a window for? It's the fish. <laughs> you don't want to see what's in the ocean that deep. I probably don't actually. It's very It's scary. terrifying. I was just picturing like Atlantis style, like a giant <laughs> observation deck no. aquarium <laughs> under the water. No. So do you just like do you like watch Netflix on on a submarine? Like what do you what do you do to pass the time? Download a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, in the computer age. Like before that, when it was really easy to just have stuff to watch, yeah. there was a lot of books. Um, I read a lot of books underway. 
That sounds like a really lonely life. I'm not going to lie. It's very secluded. Yeah. And it's like, even though you're underway with 150 some odd dudes, oh, dudes God, at the time, because there was no women on submarines right. when I was in. Right. Um, you are more secluded than you think because you're in such a tight space with so many people that you want your own space. So you go to your wreck. Everybody leaves each other alone. Everybody leaves each other alone. Mm. Like it's weird for people to touch me when I would get back from deployment. Interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. Jessica was like the only one that could get away with touching me when mm. I got home. Mm. So yeah, it's weird, a little different stuff, but, um, I mean, I'm that way all the time. Right. But I think a lot you of, don't even a have lot an of, excuse. don't touch me. <laughs> there's a lot of people that are like introverts that join the submarine force because it's like, oh, well, I don't have to live in a floating city with 5,000 people. Hmm. You just stuck in this metal dildo with <laughs> no wonder the nuclear submarine force has morale problems yeah. it's just a whole bunch of lonely dudes yeah. uh, oh, and i don't know if you've seen the oh. um the news lately but there was a there was a sh- one of the aircraft carriers in newport news oh yeah, oh, yeah. had to, like all the suicides yeah that's where yeah. me and ryan were when we met each other was in newport news mm. that Oof. story didn't surprise me at all i was like this checks out Every ship that's ever been in Newport News was probably going through this situation. It's fucking terrible. Huh. But you met your best friend yep. there, right? Met Ryan, you're, friend Ryan's there. like your your mm-hmm. long-term buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. Shout Ryan. out to Ryan. Ryan, I don't Ryan. know you, but I hear great things. <laughs> <laughs> 10 of 10. Would, yeah. uh, would a friend again. Yep. He's pretty cool. It's not a it's not an original joke, but one of my favorite concepts of humor is the idea of doing normal things, doing it being in a normal everyday situation with an abnormal thing. And so I always like the idea of like parking a submarine. Yeah. Or I was giving Trent uh, crap about this the other day because he was talking about like a big pickup truck, and he's like, yeah. "Where am I going to park it?" And I was like, "Dude, just drive over other cars, park it wherever <laughs> you want." I'm I'm getting a pickup truck, and mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it really. Um, just use one spot, please. Yeah. No, that's my intention. And, yeah. and and just straight in the spot. It doesn't have to be sideways. Yeah. What was you your know? car before? Was it like a golf? It was a Honda Fit. Okay. <laughs> it was so the so size of a golf car. When I yes. when I met Trent, he had a Honda Fit that was like orange, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, this has been a long time ago. That car has been yeah, I haven't had it for like two or three dead. years now. Yeah, but... Just comparing your, your previous ride to your new truck to is a Ford F one fifty, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you could fit your old car in the in bed the, in the of, the of your new car. Oh, totally. Yeah. And nice. it's like a little transformer as you drive down the highway, you open the back of it, boom, comes out. Yeah. Two little, oh yeah, <laughs> Mad Maxing down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but that's always like one of my favorite ideas of humor is just really abnormal things trying to do a normal thing mm-hmm. like parking. And it's it, it gets me every time. It's not actually that funny now that I talk about it, so I'm really bonding there. <laughs> Parking submarines is quite a comical thing to watch people Oh, do. I would imagine. Yeah. There's like this, not to make this whole episode about submarines, but there's Welcome this other... Welcome to the submarine it is, it is the submarine. There's episode. this other really silly thing that we do. It's not silly. It makes a total sense, but you have to have all of the perspective, like XOs and COs mm-hmm. display the, their ability to navigate a submarine and run and sure. all that stuff. So we have to pull in, and they each have to park the boat one by one. Wait, do, all eleven or twelve of them? Don't they do this whenever Riker uh, arrives in Next Generation? That oh, like they yes. make Riker combine yes. the right. two parts of the ship. That's right. There you go. Oh wow! We, there you go. Good, wait, wait a segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone straight from from naval 
to uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yep. From naval well, to submarines nerd. are not. <laughs> Name of the new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we don't combine it for that, the naval nerd. That's actually like <laughs> the, the, yeah, the that's... title of Jason's biography, From <laughs> Naval to Nerd. From <laughs> Naval to Nerd. Yeah, but then I just hear naval as like a body part. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, Why is yeah, that? Like, uncomfortable. Yeah. They're spelled differently, anyway. I think. Are they? Are they? We're about to find out. Someone's going to look that up. The rest of us just think for a second. That's a Google. Clackety, clack, clack, clack. Yeah, cool. I had a question. A quick Goog. So <laughs> while while that Goog is going down, uh, I was just reading through my notes from the last time, which are very comprehensive, mature, and uh, specific. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to share some highlights. <laughs> Go on. What do you mean by mature? Well, it says... For mature audiences. Yeah, so that's just like some God. things about Val, like strategic strike is the stratagem person, first round. Uh... Kenzen is our bird host. Yeah. <laughs> Someone from the town is trying to sell an invitation. Next note, who's been bit by a duck? We did talk about that. Okay. We ducks did? have. I, I 100% remember because we talked about the impact or like the little. Like a oh, duck no. mouth. I oh, kind of yeah, remember yeah, that too. Because yeah. I got no, bit by be, a duck and it drew blood. Oh, yeah. right. It was, yeah. it was right. the. It was the. The rocks had like little. That's duck right. Duck mouth. Duck yeah, yeah, yeah. mouths. Uh, we've got resistance 10. The Keep, The Invitations, The Blades, uh-huh. Bank of Latron. It's my favorite album. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I, I really That's appreciate it. That's from Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. <laughs> totally. No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's the sophomore album from Cave Juice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cave Juice. Bank of Latron, uh, The Oval Mirror, Cobble Mites, gross. A- in April, we're going to London. Thievery. Are you, are you mixing <laughs> real life notes with game yeah. notes? I think that was like us trying to schedule the next one and then also me trying to keep notes about what my character can do so we're we're running into like a pretty long intro Mm -hmm. but at some point i i do want to ask what's the weirdest animal you've been bitten or attacked by oh man trent and i talked about this at length last night I feel like, I feel like you can't I set will need that to up. exit the stream when Trent tells this story because it's so funny. All right, let's, let's, I think we got to hear it then. All right, so yeah, I, mean, my, I gave my duck. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's along those lines. Yeah. So my my now wife and I were just sitting in a park he, uh, here, and we're sitting on a bench, and sort of across the way, in the middle of the water, there's like this little island sort of thing where uh, geese gather. And so this this Canadian goose, Canada goose. Why do, is it relevant? Do you, do you approach like do you you know do, do you make it Canadian or is it just a Canada goose? I think it's Canadian oh, sure. goose. A Canadian. Okay. No, I think it's a Canada goose. I have no idea. I think the term is Canada goose. Is it like the kind of goose it is? Is a Canada goose? All right, I'll get to the bottom of this. Put <laughs> <laughs> the research so to anyway, it. This this goose that I choose to believe was Canadian. Hey, okay. <laughs> it's Canada uh, goose. Oh, oh, shit. This, this, Canada this Canada goose uh, kind of like makes eye contact with me and was like, <laughs> right now, motherfucker. <laughs> and he, so he proceeds to swim in the water, like toward us. And then he jumps out of the water and begins to fly at us. And, you know, like these are mean animals, yeah, right? Yeah. And you kind of prepare when you're around them for like, I'm going to have to sort of push one out of the way or something. If it comes to that, this one uh, had the energy of this is going down. Like we're going to throw hands (laughs) wings wings. So he's just flying at us. 
I had to stand up. I put like instinctively like a soccer mom put put an arm in front of my my wife and was like, am I going to have to punch a goose right now? (laughs) I hope so. Dude. So I I would say got within a foot with with me like a fist ready before it eventually turned off. And like other people are like looking at us, you know, of is that guy going to punch the goose? Which I think is like illegal or some kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. going to get yeah. arrested yeah. for punching that Right, like that the goose. local police would come and be like, you you can't punch the geese, man. <laughs> those those aren't American geese. And that but goose was like, what are you going to do, Canada punch geese. me? Yeah. It's, a, it's an international incident. Yeah. In the like 15 seconds of this happening, like in my head, I'm just like, I, I'm going to have to commit a misdemeanor <laughs> by punching this goose in the head. Yeah. And like the police are going to arrive and I'm going to have a goose neck like, yeah. in my hand. <laughs> Right, because you will probably kill the goose. I mean, punch it hard enough. If you saw me, you would know that if I punched the goose, I would kill it. Oh, yeah. Guns for days. But here's the thing. Editor's note, the goose would be fine. (laughs) Here's the thing. The reason this story is so hilarious to me is because this happened like quite a while ago. Um, And as everyone probably knows, I am good friends with Trent's wife. Yeah. And I just remember like the day this happened, maybe the day after, she and I were getting together and we're all hanging out and she was like, Oh my God. Yesterday, Trent and I were in the park and he protected me from a goose and it was so hot. And I was like, wow, the pinnacle of manhood. Like, <laughs> I will protect you from this goose. Don't expect me to fight another person, like another right, dude, right. but I will fight a goose for you. <laughs> I think that the goose defense and the shark defense are the same. Punch. Put an arm in front of your significant <laughs> other and punch with your other hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That tracks. And interestingly enough, that's also how you're supposed to handle Grey Gardener attacks. Mm. Oh, good mm. transition. Thank you. I was really looking for an uh, I'll, I'll give it a five. If you'll, if you'll join me for a second, we're actually going to hop in a, a mental submarine. We're going to dip... I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Too far, too far. We're going to dip below the surface Mm. of the story we're on now and drift down to the depths of character background. Near a small pier on the edge of a bustling harbor, shrouded figures begin to slowly materialize and become visible against the dim, starlit shore. You can see the ship traffic in Aspo Bay was heavy for this time of night, but no one really paid heed to this poorly constructed walkway on the outskirts of Augustana's aqueous highway, full of commerce, the home of their military might. More notably, no one paid attention to the individuals there. Silhouettes shrouded by fog and the sea spray, on this particularly dreary night, if one were to approach the shoreline, would become clearer as you worked your way through the fog. The first thing you see as the camera kind of works its way through, it's this just massive figure. You can barely pick out their structure and their stature and size, this dusky gray cloak pulled over its head. Form shrouded by dark and draping cloak, cloth, all you can really see is a a bovine snout. It's barely visible from underneath the cloak's cowl. It's easy for you to piece together as fantasy fans from this point of view that it's something like a minotaur. In his hand, he holds this thick iron chain as the 
camera works its way down the chain, you can see where it's fastened to shackle after shackle, maybe a dozen or so children? No, halflings, you can see from their face of all ages and size are secured along this chain. Right now they're standing in silence, their postures stiff and sort of at attention as the minotaur paces back and forth. Finally, the camera's at such an angle you can barely make out his eyes underneath the hood, this intense gaze cowing all of them, no pun intended, into silence. <clears throat> Changing the perspective a little bit, you can see that in front of them and closer to the water's edge, there's three more figures, all clothed in maroon cloaks around their shoulders, the hoods over their heads. You can pick out at first an older human male, short cropped, stark white hair, finely groomed goatee on a square broad jaw. Looking at the two figures with him, you took care of the guards, I assume, Micheletta. The woman he's talking to is striking. There's long, honey-colored spirals of hair cascading down a youthful and striking face. She rolls her eyes. <sighs> yes, Father, I, we understood the routine. The on-duty patrolmen have been paid sufficiently to delay their wandering in this direction. The, the evening is ours. Good. He turns his gaze back out to the sea, the spray splashing up in front of him. He's pacing nervously each time just a bit closer to the restless waves. I've never seen him this on edge, the woman whispers to the other figure at her side. She looks into their eyes, searching for reassurance, calm. Uh, Lord Damasi is a savvy businessman. He knows what he's doing, and if for some reason things go poorly, well... The words trail off as he turns his head towards the menacing minotaur. The two share a smile. Nicoletta's posture it goes from tense to relax a bit. Her body language sort of softening into the figure you now recognize as Valen Fox. His familiar blue skin visible as he pulls her into a warming embrace against the cool, damp night so they wait for something to happen. It might just be minutes, but in the tense evening it feels like hours before through the mist you can just begin to see the outline of a rowboat gliding towards the damaged jetty. It gets to the edge, settles against it. You can see two powerfully built creatures standing from rowing and beginning to tie down the small vessel. They're large, vaguely humanoid, sporting frills uh, that sort of encircle these angular fish-like faces. Sharp, needle-thin teeth, yellowed, Scales coming back from what at first appears to be skin now, showing more of an emerald green fish appearance. Behind them, though, a lithe, more humanoid feminine figure slips out of the boat, almost gliding agilely up onto the pier, clothed in fine robes that seem to keep away the moisture of the evening, perhaps even repel them. You can see lavender eyes shining, cunning, and intelligently looking over the scene. Her pointed ears becoming visible, pale blue skin, make it clear what you have here is an aquatic elf. The human lord, Lord de Mercy, pushes his hood back, 
goatee, prominently displayed, strong white hair as he walks forward towards the elven woman. Or Sahogain bodyguards, bearing vicious-looking tridents, spring them forward as if to defend her, but with a wave of her hand, she dismisses them. They return to standing at the edge of the pier, just on guard. Lord de Mercy looks up. Anara, I presume? She nods, taking in the group in front of her and moves towards the shackled halflings. She looks them over one by one, not saying a thing, inspecting each as if they were produce at the market, not living creatures. After looking over the dozen or so slaves, she approaches Lord de Mercy again. It seems as though you have kept your word, so my kin and I will as well. She produces a pouch, hands it to him, the Lord inspects it, pulls out several of the valuable gems, eyes them over before placing them in the bag and tossing the bag over to Nicoletta. Thank you, and thank your kin for me. I believe this partnership will be fruitful for us all. I can have more in two weeks' time, if that's agreeable. His tense demeanor turns more businesslike as the tone of the interaction shifts from the initial distrust to intense, tense negotiations. Another dozen or so will be fine, Alduis. We'll bring the same payment in two weeks. A pleasure. She snaps, and the Sahogan guard take their chains from the looming bull-headed guardian, and they begin to lead the halflings. The Minotaur stands there with his sizable gloved hand on a massive swords crossguard, but takes no move against the outsiders as they slowly march the slaves onto the wharf. Valen and Nicoletta share a worried glance as Anara produces a vial of purplish viscous liquid and begins to pour a little bit under the first halfling's tongue. His eyes grow wide with fear as you can see skin-like membranes beginning to grow over his mouth and nose. He starts to grasp at his throat, trying to draw breath and is unable to bring air into his lungs. At that moment, though, Vanlin notices that the skin on the halfling's neck begins to, like, pull apart. It looks almost painful. You can still see where little bits of sinew and blood are stretching across this new slit in the side of his neck. As it grows wider, it becomes apparent they're growing these gills. But Aquatic Elf unlocks that halfling's shackles and just shoves him down into the water. One of the Sahogan guard follow him in, disappearing underneath the dark waves of the evening sea. Each halfling is given a draught, or at least enough of a drink, to go through the same process. Lord de Mercy seems unmoved by the display, and once the last halfling is gone beneath the waves, he looks to Valen and Nicoletta. Do a quick patrol. Make sure we weren't watched. If we were, take care of it. Aldous de Mercy strides away, Minotaur bodyguard in tow, a large carriage greets them. They step into it and are taken away towards the inner heart of Augustana. Anara and the remaining Sahogan bodyguard work their way into the water, dipping beneath the surface until eventually the water calms. Valen gives Nicoletta's hand a squeeze. You go right, I'll go left, and uh, I'll meet you back at the manor. I may stop at Gerard's for a drink, but I won't be long. Don't keep me waiting, my love. She gives him a long, pleading, sultry look 
the saw pout and she turns away. Not even the Lady of Graves could pull me away. He gives her a wink, moves in the opposite direction down the now cold and humid street. He gives a convincing show of scouring high and low for prying eyes until he's out of sight and assuredly alone. Valen meanders for quite a while before entering a seedy tavern, the sign above the door reading, Restless Spirits. He finds an unoccupied corner booth, pulls up his hood, produces a small book. Imagine the camera angle kind of shifts over his shoulder, goes in for that detail shot. You can see musings and reflections written out in this book from times past. He's flipping through them until he finds a blank, almost final page in the book. Small charcoal pencil comes out and he writes, Everything is going as planned. I'm close to the heiress, but many obstacles are still present. I will need more time. There's something about the charcoal as it materializes on the page that makes you wonder if it's more than just simple writing. Perhaps there's something magically at play as they almost disappear into the page. They're gone within a few moments. As that happens, Valen puts the journal away and just sits there, waiting. It's not long before a camera angle changes over the door. The same sign is visible. A hunched figure works its way into restless spirits, hobbles its way over to Valen's table. Can barely underneath the hood make out eyes underneath a dark, somewhat gauzy, transparent veil. Valen knows that the cane this figure is walking on is more than just a walking aid. This figure sits down in the booth opposite the halfling, leans in very close. What did you see? Valen asks him, staring down at the gloss of the wooden tabletop. I saw enough. Drosharis replies. Oh, shit. Can you help? I'm afraid I must. So we start to pull out of that moment. (gasps) And I imagine there's a little bit sort of similarity in that scene between these two. As we go back and travel forward in time... Can't believe you guys did a sneaky scene without us. Know <laughs> <laughs> each other. Got Here's the you. thing. I'm really glad that worked out that way. Cause like through the majority of that, I was like, Fox is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Selling halflings to the ocean you people. Know? You gotta do what you gotta do to make a living. <laughs> like, I have been very misled about the character <laughs> of this character. If you want to make an omelet, you gotta break some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've touched on it a couple times that you have this sort of like infiltration and disruption right. background, but mm. it's interesting to see that. You're a freaking spy. Kinda. Dun, 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 dun. But now I, I like to think about sort of seeing the two of you leaning in close again and trying to figure out what to do, because we're in Litron. We're in a map store called The People's Maps. And... It's original. Yeah, it's, you know, the it works. Maps. It's one of those names which you're like, oh, what is this place doing? And they're like, oh, it's it's maps. For the people. For the people. By the people. Maps for the people. Of the people. <laughs> it's like the FUBU version of maps. MUBU. And so you're in here, and around you are a couple of notable things. There's uh, at least one Grey Gardener assassin body. There's the body of yep. this uh, really strange, remember the sort of like hulking 
multicolored eyed weird hooded oh, large yeah. creature sure do there's a a small the proprietor of this shop uh tristel liendi is kind of freaking the heck out because if you remember exactly where we ended was while you were talking to tristel you found out some interesting information she'd been tracking the location and movements of the gardener's famous final blade executioners well the executioner's blades called final blades and she'd noted, well, actually, I believe it was Val who noted that they were being moved into the largest population centers across the countryside. And it was right as you figured this out, there was a knock on the door. And I think like two eyeballs floated in through ground cracks in the door. And that's when this fight erupted in there. And uh, I think the fight, oh, the fight went totally fine, right? There was anything weird that happened. Nothing weird. Uh, they actually, dragged him, or he was outside and they had to drag him back in, right? Oh, that's right. I think if we actually have just like 30 seconds sure, before, sure, sure, sure. you know, these people bust down the door and kill us all. Of course. I think Val would look over at Fox and be like, what was that? I did what needed to be done. Oh, what? Oh, no, no, no. What have you done? Bring, bring him here. No, no, no. Don't try to fix this guy. I just now killed him. Why why are we killing people now? He's a great gardener. I'm not saying I have any objection to him being dead. I'm just saying, did we have to do it in the town square? If we didn't do it there, then where would we do it? All right. Fair enough. No, no, this is unacceptable. Listen, if we have to kill every great gardener along the way just to cover our asses now, I guess there are worse things. And so you're at that point now. I can see, imagine Fox and Drosharis in there. You've just closed the door, bringing back in this gray gardener that attempted to flee from your fight at the end. Fox and Valentine chased them out into the street, killed them in public. Now there was some disruption to it. Watson threw up a wall of whirling wind, kicking up some dust, and Drosharis had a moment to sort of summon this inky, dark mist to obscure, but there was a moment where people outside could see a rare sight, a gardener being chased down like the prey of a hunt. And though it may have been in mist, Fox executing them. After a cowboy speech. After a cowboy speech. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and dragging them back inside. And where, where we left off exactly last time, according to my notes here, as you shut the door, you looked at each other, and you could hear the voices outside beginning to call for guards. Here's the thing. Well, we didn't know they were calling for guards. You were just like, they're saying something, and we'll find out next time. Uh, so that's bad news. But... Val has no qualms about killing this Grey Gardener. She hates all the Grey Gardeners and is fine with that. Really, it's coming down to the cowboy speech for her. But also, you know, if if that's what he's got to do to get the job done, I guess it's fine. If you want me to be, to remain part of this group, we will not be randomly killing people. I don't care who they are. Val, like, is kind of standing behind Watson and looks over at Drosharis and Vox and is like, like, mouthing, like, it's just a thing he does don't worry dwarf if you suspect that this was random i think you are naive well i've been called naive many many times before in my uh, 340 uh, 340 years thank you very much 
And I, I, no, no, absolutely not. And he bends down and begins to administer medical aid to this person bleeding out. Val rolls her eyes. Oh, we can at least glean some information. Regardless, the guards are coming. We must act quickly. Oh. Can someone lead them away? Val, okay, so Val wants to go over to the the door or like a crack in the door or the window and see what she sees outside and uh, do a perception. It's not a perception anymore. Yeah, perception still Perception, okay. Sorry, this is going to be a secret check. What's your perception bonus? My perception bonus is a plus 25. Nope. And she, she just wants to see like what's going on out there. So you look outside and you see a crowd sort of tentatively forming in a semicircle. No one's getting too close to this obscuring mist that appeared because why in the world would you get closer to an inky black magical mist that people just got murdered in? I believe it was described as olive. Olive drab. drab. (laughs) Sure, so this olive drab (laughs) mist. And you can hear the cries coming for the, the guards. It's an odd situation. I don't think it's hard for anyone to sort of mentally think about the gymnastics they're having to do. Obviously, the gardeners are here in this town, and no one is particularly a fan of them, but no one wants to be seen being not a fan of the gardeners. So you see a small crowd on the outskirts uh, of the street sort of giving you a little bit of distance. There's maybe 13 people you can pick out really quickly coming to the edge, probably more on the way. Okay. We have to go. There's, There's other people in here. Willis, is that right? There's the halfling map maker, Tristel Leandy, and she is she's losing it. She's that's not fair. This has been a very traumatic experience. Sure. People just bursted in here to kill her. All of you killed them instead and were then seen killing a gardener. Okay. Val is gonna look at Tristel Leandy and be like, Come with us or stay here and get framed for the murder of a great gardener. I, we no. have to go. I, even if I leave, this is my shop. This is uh, this happened here. Everyone's going to know that I was involved in, wait, wait, in it's, the garden. It's, it's okay, darling. Uh, oh. Is there some sort of uh, uh, basement or some some such place where we can hide out? Uh, the, you, you could go behind uh, my map table, but no, it is just a runway in and out. Oh, dear. It's, uh, yes, it's not so good now. How it's, many gardener costume? How many gardener <laughs> uniforms do we have? Uh, you killed two? There was the... the, the giant, like, sort of muscly, fleshy eyeball creature wasn't wearing anything. I would also like to retroactively say one thing. Go As on. we were dragging the guy's body back in, Val definitely picked up her gun. Sure. sure yeah. <laughs> that did happen. Uh, I don't know. I think... Uh, no, God, you think jumped the gun by saying we went inside. I grabbed gone. the gun on the way. Uh, Look, I may have jumped the gun, but you dropped the gun. Okay, <laughs> shut up. Uh, yeah, you had time to pick it up. One guy out there is like, hell, this fucking awesome gun I got. <laughs> uh, so the, the town guard show up. Drop the gun. <laughs> Ooh. Yikes. We have we have two options. We can try to lie our way out of here, or we can. We should all tie ourselves up and like sit in the corner, like, oh my god, they got us. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I am a terrible liar. <laughs> he is a really bad liar. Uh, Val and Trishaj can put on the costume or the the oh yeah didn't we talk about this yourselves like and you and you apprehend us we should i'll gag you so you don't have to talk we're doing the uh 
We're we're gonna chew we're gonna Baca, this guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a game recently, this is how we all died. So let's hope that it goes well. <laughs> let's oh, hope that it goes better. Oh dear. My plan was also that Val was gonna make it look like the owner of the map shop got murdered. You know, like drop. she's like, wait, we're gonna what? <laughs> no, I'm not really gonna kill her because I think she'll she still has like information for us, and so I think we should still just try to uh, bebop and scat out of here. Uh, but scooby bop beep Everything's fine here. Bye. How are you? There's still obscuring mist out there, right? Like we could just run away. You do have a brief window in which you could just boogie. Let's boogie. I think Fox before before we boogie. Looks at Trishel, is that her name? Uh, Tristel. Tristel. A little illustration here of a a halfling with large circular glasses and curly red hair, who here looks happy, but right now... Oh, we talked about this. She looks like uh, the lady from Cheers. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Carla. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he says, who are these people? And he pulls the masks off the the great gardeners. I do not know. Uh, They're just people, I suppose. I... I mean, this one looks slightly familiar. Perhaps I've seen him uh, around town, but that's his. That's the fear of the gardeners here. No, it's. There could be anyone. Anyone who is not a gardener could be an informant. You can't even trust your own family. If I am to help this man, we have approximately 18 seconds. So, <laughs> w- w- what are we going to do? All right, quick vote. Boogie or try to lie our way out? I say dip. Dip. I'm also on the dip team. Like you, you can vote it or you can play it out. What would your characters okay. do? Forget you as players. Uh-huh. What would your characters do? Val is going to say, I think we should leave. And she's going to look at Tristel and be like, I, I don't know who's a gardener, but I know that we're not them. And you can come with us or you can get arrested for their murder. I, uh, I don't, I don't, they're going to fire. Okay. And so Val's going to, like, as we're running out, she's just going to kind of run over to Tristel's desk, which I think we're by. Yep. And she's just going to take out her dagger and, like, cut her own hand and, like, splatter blood around the sure. desk to kind of make it look like maybe Why she got Why don't we get it from the desk. dead body? And we don't have to hurt ourselves? You know she what? She did what she did. I did. I said what I said, Drosharis. I'm, I'm not healing you. <laughs> she turns around and throws her dagger at Drosharis. I guess I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> Roll for initiative. Uh... Yeah, and is just to try to make it look like sure. she was killed somehow. All right, so this is going to be just a quick deception check. Deception. Yeah, That's so a skill like game, right? And help. I've been playing Pathfinder Second Edition for like a few years. That's a skill, right? Uh, okay. So that was doing math here. Yeah, that was a natural four Great. for a thirty-two. All right, pretty it's, good. It's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty bloody. She's pretty good at lying. Yeah, so you... But I just, like, maybe I'll, like, grab the pen she holds or something to make it look like she was nabbed. Okay. All right, time's moving quick. That's what you've done. Let's, I'm just going to move clockwise around the table. So that means, Jason, Drosharis, you're up. What are you doing? What's going through your head? Going through my head is we have to go somewhere where we can't be seen, and my safe house seems like a good place for people who need to lay low. To oh. go to, so that's something that I'm. Why you Sorry, do you have a different safe house from our collective bird host safe house? I technically have a ten by ten foot space that is for me that I can hide in cool. when I need to avoid notice as a vigilante. Just a closet. It's essentially I was gonna like say a, ten yeah, by ten. Is it's r- it's just small enough for you to get in, but I can hide you in it, Val. It's an extra large box. I mean, sorry, box. So. 
we don't necessarily need to hide all of us in there. Let's just play right. it out. Watson and Val will just be walking down the street like, do, do, do. Yeah, I grab, <laughs> I would say that I grab Fox and do we grab the dead body too? Do we grab the body? Absolutely not. I will stay here with no. you. You can't stay here. Play it out. All right. Uh, Fox, what do you do? Fox says, why don't you save the healing for those who deserve it? I will deal with whatever fallout befalls me. You do not worry about this. I uh, I reach over and I cast invisibility on Watson. Nice. Oh. Val's <laughs> like, God damn. And haste on myself. Okay. Now I'm just... Even though you're blind, Jashar's is staring directly into your eyes. I'm yeah. just confused. I can't even see myself He's anymore. blind? Or, sorry. <laughs> invisible. What's, what's happening? I was like, wait, That's was why this you can't something see that I missed? You're not invisible, you're blind. Is this the cold embrace and death I've been waiting for? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So. Uh, if it's been less than a minute, I still am moving fast with my cool boots. Okay. So, gonna yeah. run away. Uh, Fox is heading out the back door. There's no back door. There's one door. Window? That, Windows. That does not seem up to code, and I think you're lying. I have a map right here. <laughs> there's no windows in this thing? No. There's not a single window, and there's only one door? Correct. Oh, it's a double door, but yes. Do you have any more of them mist? It, the mist is still active. This okay. Is, yeah. okay. We are in quick moments. Val so is take. following uh, Fox out the front door. Stealthing out the front door. Okay. Within, to, within the mist. Same. All right. Quick question here. Do any of you have that feat where only one person in the party has to make the stealth check? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I do. Follow the oh, expert. I don't. Wait, what's it called? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> follow the expert? That's yeah. the action, but there is a there is a stealth feat where if oh. one person has it, only the lowest... I think that I have it too. All right, we'll assume you have it, and if not later, then you can all grovel. That's that's how this works, right? Maybe, uh, I, didn't. Sure. Maybe I took something else instead. All right, so here's what we're going to do then. Which, actually, I have a little, little cheat sheet here, and I know that of the three of you, Fox and Drosharis have the lowest stealth. So which of you wants to be, we'll say, we're going to say Fox. I think this is weighing on you the most. I have uh, assurance stealth. Do you want to take assurance? Uh, or do you want to roll? What is assurance? What is the, what's the roll for assurance? So assurance. Is it 10? It's 10 plus your modifier, but not ability score bonus. I'll, I'll do the assurance. And so in this case, that's just going to represent that like you have spent so much time in your life stealthing that you'll have a consistency with your ability to stealth here. Like you can so reliably under any circumstance, at least still be dependably this stealthy. So that's gonna be 10 plus what's your proficiency bonus essentially? Uh, it's a total of 32. Okay. So. I would just like to lodge in the record that I do have quiet allies. Ah, that is the feat. Mm, dope. So, you all work out as a group through this just whipping window, uh, wall of wind. Who'd you say has the highest? Uh, right now, Val, uh, Valentin has the highest, and then Drosharis and Fox are both tied with a plus 26. Really? Yep. Because I have my GM notes, because I was all prepared. Very stealthy. Uh, no, stealthy, Watson stealthy. has a plus four. <laughs> That's clunk, why we made clunk, him invisible. Clunk, clunk. Oh, he's not following you. He's yep. staying here, like, yeah. patching up this guy to the best of his ability until someone walks in. And so we're going to say that the three of you peace out. With the map maker. With the map maker, who I'm just going to include under one of you. And so we're going to stay. Watson, it's not long before you become invisible. It does take a minute for the guards to show. It does take a little bit for the guards to show up because no guard in their right mind wants to show up to someone fighting Grey Gardeners. Because technically that might be illegal for the Grey Gardeners to do that, but no guard's going to try to arrest 
what is essentially like a Judge Dread judge with even fewer morals. So these are just normal guards? They're not great gardeners? No, there are just town guard who okay. are at some point show up here. Gotcha. Invisibility is a 10 minute duration. And just I imagine that's about how long it takes for the guards to show up. Kay. And like Watson, you're doing your best. Are you really trying to save this person? Oh yeah. All right, give me a, a medicine check. Okay. <laughs> which I think is pretty high for you. Yeah, I'm just gonna auto roll here. Sure, 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 sure. It's gonna be a 42. Huh. So you're able to stabilize this. Uh, of course, the other one is is dead. And of course the weird creature that you, you don't really know what it is, but the thing with all the eyes sort of in its folds of exposed raw, like muscle flesh is definitely dead. Gross. So mm. this person becomes conscious. They stabilize, they don't become conscious. Okay. Unless unless you are intending to make them conscious. Yeah, he wants to make them conscious. Basically put a, a hand over their mouth and mm -hmm. sort of say, uh, we are of the group that uh, defeated you. Uh, I want you to tell these guards to go away uh, and we will deal with the consequences after. But these these poor innocent guards have no role to play in any of this. And just sort of looks at you. You'll die beneath an executioner's blade. Well, yes, that's very fine, but we can deal with that later. And sort of right at that time, door slams open, and there's a, a small patrol of these guards that come in, dressed in mostly leathers, a breastplate here or there, bearing just the symbol and arms of the town of Litron. There is nothing more detrimental to a Pathfinder game than a moral character. <laughs> <laughs> they come in, they see you, um, got kind of like, imagine like musketeer, that's almost like puffy sleeves, sort of the rakish yeah. hats. I like your fancy clothing. <laughs> it's an odd way to greet <laughs> people, they're just you're surrounded by dead bodies. <laughs> I'm only dressed in less. Are you still invisible? Are they just hearing this? Like no, he's invisible at this point. They come in the the lead guard. What I what did this that happened? Oh my, my God! What has happened here? Who are you, dwarf? Uh, oh uh, well, hello. My name is Watson Himmeldale. I'm I, I've come here from a long ways away. Uh, uh, mostly, I'm just been about uh, sort of healing people during the festival. You see. One of the other guards steps forward, places a hand on the first one who spoke. Yeah. Do not listen to him. This is not for us to deal with. Just take him in. Let him explain himself to someone who can listen. Someone who has the power to listen and not judge these... Shit. You see these masks? These are the gardeners here. This is not for us. Just to get him out of here. And two other guards come up with manacles. I say we leave him. Three of you are already gone. You yeah. are out of here. You're in your temple. No, I know. I'm just saying. It's like... This seems bad. This seems like bad news. <laughs> I mean, my plan was to drop this guy off and eventually find you. If yeah. you're in jail, that's going to make it harder. We're playing this out. All right. Uh, I like the shrug over there just for Trent. If there's like but I'm not saying I'm upset about that either. If like, he's being like walked away, he's just kind of like, hey, do you have any uh, porridge uh, in your keep? I will say it's been a uh, hot minute here since I've had a nice hot meal. Hot <laughs> minute. <laughs> Are we going to have a jail break We're going to have a heist. Heist episode. Tonight is gonna be jail. We let the non-stealthy guy get arrested, and yeah. then we're gonna go get him. Yeah. Classic misdirection. But we all need to sleep tonight. That way we have all of our stuff. <laughs> we'll yeah, see you no tomorrow. Joke. Good luck in there, buddy. So what, you, you need to spend a night in jail. Think about the nice things that you did. <laughs> think about what you did. <laughs> things you did. How dare you, Watson? Do you, do you let them? Oh yeah, totally. 
Okay. I mean, no resistance whatsoever. They kind of pick you up, and oh, it's a oh, oh. <laughs> they're just carrying him <laughs> in a little legs. like baby wrap, oh, like. baby this Bjorn. Is actually, uh, uh, quite nice on my joints. I will say it's a long walk for me, so I appreciate you picking me up. Thank you. I imagine you're still walking though, like <laughs> as you're hanging, you have your stick and your feet are moving. Let me finish my sentence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they pick you up to your feet. <laughs> oh, 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 thank you. Yes, I like it better the other way. <laughs> Put you in manacles. And it's one of those interesting things in which you kind of hear them like, yeah, write up a report, but leave out any note of the gardeners. Just say we found a dwarf here covered in blood with bodies being nondescript. And uh, don't say how many in case the the masks come here to reclaim their own. I don't I don't want them coming for my family. And the other one's like, what are you talking about? Falsify the report? Do you want to fund your head on the block of an execution? No, of course not. Yeah, I don't recommend falsifying any reports or anything. <laughs> Like, shut up. <laughs> 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 the great gardener show up and Watson's like, these men falsified all their reports. <laughs> um, so while he's sort of being walked away, yeah. um, he's looking into the sky for, for birds and sort of <laughs> making <laughs> me... <laughs> oh, oh, Timothy. Uh, <laughs> he's sort of uh, relaying to them, like, hey, keep watch, like, keep... Uh, Point the path for my uh, my friends about where they're taking me. We're running away, and we just see this line of birds like pointing with their wings. Like, right they formed an arrow in the air. <laughs> they're doing like sky art. Yeah. They do the arrow. But they have a side gig too. So then it's like, come down to Chewy's for half off sausages. <laughs> sure. So you're led down in manacles to the guards. Stay there to finish the scene and it's pretty clear that they're going to leave it really nondescript they're trying to get this paperwork in finish it up two more of you them leads you down to the watch house throw you in a cell <laughs> clang lock it up and oh, they leave you oh, sitting there very loud well yeah you can explain yourself to the so you can explain yourself later for now just uh, mad just stay there uh, okay do you have any uh like uh, rubber balls and some spikes to play up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to start talking with uh, nature spirits in here. Squeak, 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 squeak. He's going to uh, consult the spirits, in fact. Oh, um, shit. What's that? Roll recall knowledge over 10 minutes to question resident spirits about matters related to their nature. He's literally just like chatting up some... Chatting up the dead bodies. Nature spirits. people. All right. So what are you interested in learning? Uh, what does it feel like for them to transition between the different <laughs> uh, uh, planes? <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you ask that philosophical question because you know we what? are on a timeline. <laughs> this is this is Paizo's Pathfinder Second Edition. So Trent, you know what? There's a rule for that. I'm gonna go okay, get a snack. <laughs> No, there's actually not a rule for talking about transcendence, but there is some really interesting stuff in the Gods and Magic book that talk about how you move to the different planes. Most people, as a fun side note, in case it comes up, will find themselves shepherded to a plane of existence called the Boneyard. Mm -hmm. The Boneyard is presided over by a god called Phrasma. Phrasma's a really interesting god. Phrasma is, I think, hard, true, neutral. Yeah. There's not a lot of gods that are like that, and her whole shtick is about the balance of life and death. The only thing that is anathema to Phrasma is something that attempts to turn back the flow of mm-hmm. life. Healing someone, totally fine. Even bringing someone back from the dead can be right if it's sort of a part of fate and time. But undeath, undead, and the spirits 
that play and meddle with the spirits of the dead are so unholy that followers of Phrasma will follow them across the bounds of Galarian, across the plains of the galaxy, to hunt and kill and exterminate anyone who would. It's without, you know, without prejudice will they hunt down, or sorry, with extreme prejudice will they hunt down and take out anyone who follows against it. So, Isn't this a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? <laughs> Time cop. <laughs> Time cop. Pharasma edition. <laughs> I actually played a, an oracle of time that worshipped Pharasma, and it was exactly the premise of... I really thought mm-hmm. you were going to say you played an oracle of time that worshipped Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, worshipped Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Every Next morning time. he wakes up and just does the splits. That's my monk backup <laughs> character. Played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> but, you know, we don't have to play at this conversation. I just imagine that he's sure. just kind of like... If someone were passing by the cell, he's just like, oh, oh and what does that feel like? Oh, oh fascinating. That, oh, huh. I'm sorry if you feel any pain while that happens. So I think you're in there for an hour, maybe two, just long enough for all of you to kind of freak out. So you know what? Let's let's see what that's like. Three of you. What are you doing? You're in a, you're in a ten foot by ten foot coffin. Yeah, that's, ten foot cube. <laughs> I'm not in there. Space like at a we work. Yeah, the she work. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all fit in there, right? Yeah. If we're all standing on a five foot, like, all right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You can go somewhere else. You can go. Is back it like to, a little secret dimension or something? Like what no. is? Where are we? Actually, yeah. So you know what? Take a little bit of narrative control here. Yep, Jason. Paint me the scene. Where are you going? Talk to us a little bit about your hideout that you've established. You've been here for like two and a half days at this point. I have assumed that the dispensary has a basement. That's right. I forget <laughs> nature's. <laughs> I almost called it nature's herbs. Nature's herbs. Nature mama or soul mama. Soul herbs. mamas. So in the basement of soul mamas, I have set up a ten foot cube space. Soul mother's herbs. Soul mother's herbs. <laughs> so we can hide in that space in the basement, but sure. it doesn't have to necessarily be all of us. I'm more just the people who just murdered someone in broad daylight are the ones that need to hide. Because I don't know mm-hmm. who's coming after us. I don't know if we're being followed or pursued. Well, Val would certainly, like, as we were getting out of there, have done a perception to see if we're being followed. Right. I would have, too. Like, something to, to see if we're being stealthed. All right. Yep. Val, what's your bonus? And Drosharis, what's yours to perception? Plus 25 for Val. Okay. Plus 24. All right. Val, you don't notice anyone following you. Drosharis, Maybe. But you can't get a peg on it. Jorsharis has had some asshole following him for a while. And I yeah. sort of feel like I know, but I don't. You All don't right. know. Even though I know. You know. Jason knows. Jason knows. Yeah. Jane knows. So you're in the basement of Soul Mother's Herbs, and a little section you've managed to wall off with crates or supplies to make it look like there's false walls there. One of those nice, like, partitions with all the Asian uh, decor that people change behind. It's just one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the screens. Yeah. You can see our our shadows behind it. It's not. It's a perfect uh, hideout. The guards come down there. We're like, no one's, no back one's here. here. Oh, oh, close <laughs> your eyes. I'm changing. It was just the wind. <laughs> but you're down there, and Tristan. Oh no. Okay. Uh, will, will we be safe here? Is, 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 is it safe? This is safe. It's what? extremely safe. But your 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 friend. He is he going to is he going to rat us out? He'll be fine. You'll be safe as long as you tell us what you know. I. You know more than me. You found me at my shop. You saw the maps. You were the one who pieced together on the bits with the patterns. You saw them moving the blades. 
Do I believe her? Yes. Hey. If we were to let you go, would you be a liability? I do not know where I'd go. The gods, the gardeners will know that their, their ilk, their kin were killed in my shop. It's, I am my dead halfling walking, no? Do we know, um, we, we were able to sniff out that there's a blade in the market somewhere, right? Or not the market, but the festival or wherever the festival's taking place. Yes. Like a final blade? There is yeah. at least one blade in the market is what she kind of, oh, at least one was moved to town and she thinks it was moved into the market. Right. So we have a lead there. I, I mean, obviously we need to lay low for a minute. At least I, I need to lay low. Um, okay. I just wanted to establish that just because I couldn't remember. All right. I think Val would, she's, she's peeved. She, mm-hmm. Val is severely peeved, but, uh, she, yes at you. <laughs> for your listening audience, Trent sitting over there indicating, is it him? Yeah. Val is severely peeved, but I think she just sort of feels like her best course of action and kind of deflecting the blame is to just go out like normal. So she's just, she's going to, uh, go out and kind of look around. Cause also like with this halfling, I think she feels like these two characters who are a vigilante and a gar, an eagle knight are going to be better at handling this halfling and like what to do with her, the Val. And she is concerned about Watson, though she is very ruffled and irritated. <laughs> so she's going to walk outside and just like glower at the birds and be like waiting for them to show her where he is. Is that sort of a system you think that you've worked with before? Why do you know to look for the birds? Because she always sees him talking to birds. She's going to go out there and she's going to look at the first bird she sees that like might not even know anything about Watson and just be like, yeah, yeah, I know you know. So where is he? Where is he? Stupid feathered fuck. I have no idea what this woman is talking about. <laughs> she's just going to stand out there, arms folded, and glower at every bird until it starts. But like, I think she also probably knows he got arrested. Like... This bird's gonna fly home that night. Me like I had the worst Karen experience today. <laughs> so anyway, I was shooting on this guy's head. <laughs> so I, I want to kind of stay on that scene down there in the safe space. Uh, Fox, how's Fox feeling? What's Fox doing or saying? Oh, I think Fox is. I think he knows he messed up a little bit. I don't think he feels bad that he messed up. But I think he knows that, like, all right, cover's blown a little bit. Should probably lay low um, and kind of let everyone else take the lead at the moment. Uh, so I think he'd, he'd say to Drosharis, he'd say, uh, I can stay here with the halfling. If you will uh, figure out what happened to Watson and let me know how I can help. But for now, I'm happy to lay low. If that's what you think is best. We definitely need to go find the dwarf. Looks at Val. Val's already outside yelling at birds. I'll go see what Val wants to do. Sounds like she's yelling at birds again. (laughs) Again? (laughs) You go out there and she's just throwing rocks at sparrows. (laughs) I don't have time for this. (laughs) We have to go find him. Yeah, I think I already have a pretty good guess as to where he is. Let's go. 
Do do we get any uh, info from the birds? Are they going to point us kind of in the direction? Don't, don't look at me. Look at the Let's see what I got. GM. Here. Look at the birds. Can any of you? Well, he did tell the birds, like, "Hey, show my friends where I am." Are any of you at least an expert in nature? No. Looking around. Looking around. Uh, uh, I, I'm lore. trained in nature. Not going to be enough here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> you know what you did. You, you didn't let me talk to the birds. <laughs> There's nothing more tense than a couple in a D&D game. <laughs> Especially in one's the DM. Yeah. Uh, is it... Like, what don't do talk I have about Jason and I that way. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to roll to know that he's in jail? Or is that can just I, common sense? I was going to say, can I go like rooftop and see if I can like listen in to... They just drag this fucking dwarf down the street and throw him in jail or whatever. So you've got a couple options. Yeah. You can obviously try to gather information. If that's what your goal, you could just go to a jail if you're interested in that. Is there more than one jail here? You don't know. You haven't asked. Uh, Really quick, too. What time sure. of day is it? Oh, I say that. Where's the jail? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Where's the it's jail? Got my I think I've got there. a friend in there. I mean, society check. You know, we got well, a little bit of a society check to see if I can figure out where the jail is. I could do a society as well. All right, so we're gonna go. the uh, The white die here is Valentine. The red, sort of blood red die is Troshars. Okay. What are your society bonuses? Twenty plus twenty nine. Jeez. So yeah, you both ask around town, and you're able to quickly find sort of the guard watch house. There's a building that says jail. Jail. Giant <laughs> neon arrows pointing towards it. <laughs> Can you answer my question about what time of day it is? It's evening now at this point, because it's been a little bit. It's about time so I think disappear. Val is going to just look at Drosharis and be like, I think we both know the old man is in jail. I say we let the sun go down a little farther and then see what we can do about that. I do my best work at night. I know. And she sort of like rolls her <laughs> eyes, but... That's <laughs> <laughs> eye rolling. Do I have a... Do we have maybe like an hour before it gets really dark? Yeah. Okay. Val wants to kill time for a little bit. <gasps> Wait for it. What did Ty do? I want to kill time. <laughs> Val would like We're to have to kill time. Oh, right. Can we just get it together a little? <laughs> go on. Val would like to take some time before it gets dark and we go full uh, jailbreak mode. And uh, if it's possible, if we're nearby, kind of try to figure out where if that if that final blade is out in the town or nearby like where oh, the sure. festival is um she wants to just whatever she's got to roll or figure out to study that a little bit see what it looks like see if anybody's talking about it nearby sure. or she can glean any information so i guess gather information about that final yeah blade. and that's going to be a, a factor of a diplomacy check and that's going to be a secret one because you won't know how good or how poorly you do what's your diplomacy plus 24 Wow. Okay. So looking around, you're not able, this is people kind of going into the evening. You don't find anything new. Uh, you're talking around, you're listening. Are you, in a, are you engaging much? Paint this picture for me. Yeah. So uh, where's the final blade? You don't exactly know. You've oh, heard I'm some not rumors. like near it. You, you've heard some rumors that there might have been one moved into uh, here into Litran. And you've heard that there's one at the monastery, but you've mm -hmm. also heard that there's potentially one somewhere in a more public area. You suspect something to do with the like harvest festival, but you don't know exactly where that would be. Okay. 
So Val's just kind of walking around like shops and different places out in town and kind of chatting people up and explaining that she's new to town and she came for the Harvest Festival and is there any sort of new things going on and oh, people say the funniest things about Latron when you're far away and she doesn't really know whether or not to believe them, like these stories of the final blades and just kind of uh, rubbing elbows with people and trying to glean some information that way. Just leaving Watson to rot. Think yeah. about what he did. Yeah. Sure, sure. I'm watching guard shifts and people walk and people mill about to try and like, and I can use like warfare lore or something to do this. To like figure out the best window for us to go in. Okay. This would be a perception check. Okay. It's pretty simple. You're just watching stuff. What's that bonus? Plus twenty-four. You're able to get a pretty good one. The the most of the guards can be working out of the judicial building. It's a pretty imposing stone courthouse, taller than most of the other civic buildings around it, right at the center of the city. Are any of them gardeners? You don't see any gardeners there. The, the, your pull, your guess here, or just what you've picked up, is that the gardeners are the ultimate authority in town. But that's not always a formal thing. They're sort of the the awesome, sort of like the idea, the premise that there is traditional law here. But you don't know what kind of power it has. Light bulb. Ding. Okay, so if I'm done, Val's yeah. gonna link back up with Drosharis. What did you find out? Well, one thing I found out is that there are no gray godness. I wonder if we could use a uniform as authority to take custody of this prisoner. Or we get more people and we just go in there and get him out. So you're saying sneak in or guns blazing? With guns blazing being a backup. Backup plan. To the original. Yes. So, perhaps I don the costume of the Grey Gardeners and march you in there as though you were my prisoner. I think we're going to need I'm definitely the Grey Gardener. (laughs) (laughs) Dibs on the Gardener roll. (laughs) We have two, right? I don't remember. We show up. We show up. We're Grey Gardeners. We're taking this prisoner that just killed another gray gardener. Okay, yes. I, and they're I gonna like be this scared because I have a feeling they covered it up. I like this plan, and uh I believe we should do it. All right. Can I can I have a quick um conversation with the NPC? Yeah. So we'll cut back. We got Fox in there with the the little halfling Tristel. He they're sitting in this basement. Mm-hmm. I think Fox is just kind of like sitting, leaning against the wall. Yes. He says, do you have any family? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much anymore. I had a mother, but she passed away uh, two years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Losing loved ones is tough. Yeah. I think what we did today, and I apologize has disrupted your life greatly. But we're hoping that we can bring some light to Galt that hasn't been here for some time. Years and years. I hope you can understand that. 
our uh, role here is larger than just what we've shown today. Yeah, I hope you are able to be successful, but uh, the gardeners, they they always seem to survive, no? They are like cockroaches that can murder a whole town and walk away feeling superior for it. The great gardeners, though. Going to be a, a page in this history book, but hopefully the chapter will be short. How long must the book be for 50 years to be a short chapter? But I, I wish you the best. It, it, it's as long as lame is. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have any information that would help us in this endeavor? I know, I know uh, you have told us as much as you can, but if you can search your memory banks for anything that would be useful. Searching memory banks. <laughs> I know, I honestly, I have been tracking their movements. It was your friend, the, the sort of sullen, scary woman. I do not remember her name. She saw the patterns that I did not, and I fear with the chatter that we hear about the gardeners planning something and these, these horrible final blades being moved into the the population centers and to the largest gatherings in our, across our country. I fear that they must be planning something. No, it's cannot be good for any of us. Yes, there's some sort of plan, but and all that I might know is just I I did I know that there's that blade of which I spoke being moved around our market here, and I fear that it. Well, as everyone comes into town for that festival, I fear, I fear for their safety and. Almost as much as I fear for mine. Now, well, perhaps a bit less now that I'm probably implicated in the murder of a gardener. <laughs> but. Well, you're among its murderers, so maybe that gives you some solace. I'm not sure. Normally. <laughs> Don't worry. You're just with a bunch of murderers. <laughs> Normally, being around murderers this is not much of a solace, but. And she sort of looks up at you. You know, I suppose. I suppose you're not too bad. I do feel a bit better than I thought I would. Have you been in situations like this before? Like Fox smiles kind of knowingly and just says, Yes, more than you could ever know. And everyone made it out okay? <laughs> we'll just say change is coming. Oh. And I think at that point, we're going to. Okay. We're going to cut back to <laughs> Jane and Jason over to Valentine and Drosharis. You've got your bloodied, stabbed up, ramshackle Grey Gardener outfits on. I mean, Val, we it's like a fashion montage. <laughs> Val like walks out from behind the little uh, shade wearing the Grey Gardener things and like Drosharis. And Fox are sitting out there shaking their heads. Keeping she goes back in, tries on a different blood. outfit. It's too much blood. Keeping up with the PCs. You yeah. have to find your own style. You yeah. Find your own look. So uh, yeah, we uh, try to clean them up as much as yeah. possible. Sure. No one took prestidigitation. <laughs> but I think we could just Quite walk the in there oversight. and be like, "These dudes stabbed us. We're here to get this guy." I'm just. I'm so here. injured. I mean, we had a healer. Yeah. They don't do the laundry too. They just heal the wounds. <laughs> anyway, and we have a witness, the map maker mm -hmm. from the store, 
as a witness, and we want to take this guy with us. Mm-hmm. Like, you're way over planning this. What are you doing? Okay. So, uh, well, what I want to know is, I is Fox coming? No. Okay. So it's just Val and Drow. Yep. Spinoff series. Val and Drow. Okay. Is there like a guy when we walk in? Is there like a... So the, the two of you are in sergeant. costumes and walking in. I just we're we're the dressed scene. up like Grey Gardeners. Yes. Um, face is covered. Sure. sure. And walking into the jail. No cane, but I'm not like standing at full height either. Okay. Every time Val sees a bird on the way over, she glares. <laughs> All right. The two of you walk in to the judicial building. And there is a, a front desk with a guard insignia and badge on the chest. It just sort of looks up. At first, before he sees you come in, you see, we are about to close, but how can I? And as he sees the two outfits, let's let's check now. Let's talk a little bit about your deception ability to blend in. What's your, uh, what, what is your proficiency in deception? I am an expert. I am legendary at deceiving, Jesus. actually. Uh, so I have a Kaden plus. Kalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a plus 28 to deception. Nice. And what about you, Josharis? Plus 22. Are you also like an expert, a master? I am a, I want to say a master. Let me look. Trained. Oh, you're just trained? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, in that case, you could technically follow the expert. Okay. So are you following her lead? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So you're really good at this. Jane, can you just sort of, just give me, like, why is Val good at this? Has she ever done this before? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, so I think, well, let's put it this way. As Val and Drosharis are walking up, walking in, I think there's just something about Val. Like, I think she just, uh, she's going to just kind of take the lead on this by nature. Like, she mm-hmm. just wants to. And Dro, I think, being somebody who is a vigilante and used to having these multiple personalities and sticking in the shadows, just kind of, like, lets it happen, is used to being in the background and waiting for the right moment to mm-hmm. kind of strike. And as he is following her in, it's her body language changes just a little bit, like the way she carries herself. And it, it's like it's a different person all of a sudden. And he's wow. seen this happen before when she's talking to somebody and goes from kind of this like hard and sinister person into like really friendly and open and engaging. But this is different and it looks like you, she, it just has the entire feel of fuck around and find out as she walks in. The art of fuckery. The art of fuckery. Okay. And so I think from Joe's perspective, it's just like, oh, she's a character now. This isn't the same person I've been with all day. All right. What are those bonuses again? Plus 28 for Val. 22. Okay. And I'm going to leave these as open checks. So go ahead and just roll those for me. And Jason, I'll, I'll mentally adjust the DC for you a little bit, knowing that you are following the leader, if you will. All right, what do we got? 33. Okay. 24. Okay. A little bit of mental math there for you following a, did you say legend? Legendary. A legend. Legendarily deceptive. You walk in, sort of looks up, as I said. Uh, we are getting ready to close, but all right. Um, you can just kind of hear his mouth dry out when he sees these two somewhat bloodied gardeners walk in. How, um, what business do you have here tonight? And Val, whose voice sounds a little different now, just goes, we are here for the dwarf. Ah. And Drosharis just kind of... 
the, um... He killed one of our own. We're here for the dwarf. Ah. Um, do you need the dwarf right? Right now? Right now. Oh. And they're, like, just blanches. Um, he is not, uh, here? What? Where is he? (laughs) They just took him to see the high magistrate. I would like to know if I am being lied to. Being lied to. Also, I one thing that I forgot. Um, I don't know what we're considering like a success for this deception roll, but I do have the feat charming liar. Okay. So uh Val's charm allows me to also win over those I lied to. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it a critical success? You don't know. Okay. So if it was a critical success, the target's attitude towards me improves by one step as though I had used diplomacy. Okay. Um, and this has the effect of making an impression. Sure. So it only works once per conversation. But if I critically succeeded on that, yeah, you got to be nice to me. Uh, perception check here. You think this guard's being dead honest. The dwarf, we just, just brought him in. Where is he now? As I said, he is with the High Magistrate. Would we know who that is? Or like where that is? Uh, the High Magistrate, Ulvald Carmino. You can find out more next time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, we, got to- we know that guy. Oh, hello, Ulvald. <laughs> <laughs> The Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com. <laughs>